This morning, I want to share briefly on something that I believe is very important, calling it the aroma of worship. And the idea is to remind us, encourage us, and to position us to be men, women, called disciples, whose life basically is aimed at worshiping the God who created them. So if you kindly stand with me, we'll take our text, um, Exodus chapter 30, read from 34 to 38. Please stand with me in honor of God's word. Exodus chapter 30, 34 to 38. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, gather fragrant spices, raisin droplets, molochs, shell, galbanum, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense, weighed out in equal amounts. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle them with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. Grind some of the mixture into a very fine powder and put it in front of the Ark of the Covenant, where I will meet with you in the tabernacle. You must treat this incense as most holy. Never use this formula to make this incense for yourselves. It is reserved for the Lord, and you must treat it as holy. Anyone who makes incense like this for personal use will be cut off from the community. <laughs> Please, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to bring your word to your people. Our hearts are open. We pray that let the entrance of your word bring light unto us. Teach us to position ourselves in our lives to please you at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. In the next text is John 12, but we'll read that later as we go. The aroma of worship. There are many of us who think that when we talk about worship, it is coming to church and <clears throat> just singing songs of adoration to him. That's true. Singing song to God is an aspect of worship. 
But true worship, by my personal understanding and experience from scriptures, is that true worship is when one offers his whole life. His whole life in pleasing and bringing glory to God. True and genuine worship releases what I'm calling a sweet fragrance into the nostrils of God, and which gives him a very deep sense of pleasure. So if your worship is true, if your worship is genuine, and it's, it's going direct to God, God has a way of smelling that worship, and that touches him so deeply, and God has no option but to bless your life. I went to a shop, window shopping, and I saw some lineup of perfumes. And I was asking, one was 60 CDs, the other one 12 CDs, the other one 10 CDs. There was one that was in a very small bottle, how much? 2,500 Ghana CDs. na for a small bottle of perfume. <laughs> now, I was asking the woman, ah, how come this is expensive? This is? He says, well, it depends on the mixture, whatever had gone in. This small one, if you put it on, within two hours, it will evaporate from your system. But this one, you don't use too much. You just put small, small, and it will carry you through two days. It will remain in your shirt, it will remain in your attire. It depends on what has gone in. And that one, when you are passing, anybody will know that you are around. <laughs> so that perfume draws attention to yourself. What I want to say is that your worship, your worship must make God know that you are around. The Webster's Dictionary talks about worship in this way. It says, worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. Worship is to honor God with extravagant love and extreme submission. Somebody else says, and I quote, true worship is defined by the priority 
we place on who God is in our lives and where God is in our list of priorities. Let me read again. True worship is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives and where God is on our list of priorities. So the two words there we find is who God is and where God is in our lives. Please ask somebody who is God to you. Ask another person, where is God in your life? Somebody said to check where God is in somebody's life. Look at the person's um, checkbook, where the money is going. And then you determine where God is in terms of the priorities. Amen. You didn't say that. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right. The Greek understanding of worship has to do with to fall down before, bow down before, or they say you kiss forward. And the word there is proskumio. I don't want to bore with that Greek, but it means to fall down before, bow down before, or kiss forward. In the Greek, Casanoa, Sophocan, or say proskumio. Sir, would you be able to form? Ah, it's a radi, Sanya, who soon laugh. And I say, who go more say, ever radi, and I say, who could to hock ramp. And this is represented in pictorial form. They said in three ways: a person kissing, <coughs> excuse me, the hand of a superior person. So a superior person comes to you and you kiss the hand. It's a sign that you are respecting the person, you are honoring the person, or you are acknowledging the superiority of the person over your life. <laughs> Secondly, is a person bound down and prostrating himself. It's also a sign that you are honoring the superior person, you are showing respect, and you are paying homage to that person who is superior to you. <laughs> Another picture is the dog. If you have a dog, those of you who love dogs, you have a dog. The dog kissing the master's hand. Those who have dogs, you go out, you come. A dog's excited seeing you. you run, the dog will run to you and be kissing you. It's just a sign that the dog has trust in you. The dog is respecting you, is honoring you as its master. And that is how we must portray ourselves before God. So when we are talking about the aroma of worship, basically what we mean is what is the quality of your worship to God? Now, 
The aroma or the scent of worship has to do with the quality, the flavor, the fragrance, the, the spirit of the worship that you release to your God. So the text that we read, this is the God giving directives about how they should arrange each things in the tabernacle of worship. <clears throat> the text in Exodus chapter 30, and he came to how they should use the incense. And he gave the story. And in that little passage, I find some very important, I call them very critical and non-negotiables when it comes to worship of God. So the instance, if the first non-negotiable is this true flavored aromatic worship is demanded of us and God deserves it if you look at the 34 then the Lord said to Moses we find God giving directives to Moses as to how the incense must be prepared and it's a direct instruction from him that makes God demand worship it's not just any worship that he demands of us but he's demanding a sweet scented quality worship that we must give to him so it's a demand and God also deserves it because of what he means and who he is, his sovereignty, his power, and what he does in our lives daily. So it's a demand and he deserves it. Number two, non-negotiables, true, well-flavored, very quality worship ignites what I'm calling God's presence. So when God smells that worship and it's a sweet-scented worship in his nostrils, his presence descends. So God says in 36 of Exodus 30, grind some of the mixtures into a very fine powder and put it in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And then he says, where I will meet with you. Where I will meet with you. So through beautiful worship by our lives, draws God's presence onto our life. And one of the things that you and I cannot afford to miss is God's presence in your life. When God takes his presence off you, then you are finished. 
yensi bi fe kofreko ne yemfa bi nsi adanse no anim ehia yentoma dan no mu eho ene rade ene yen ehia enti se ye de enukre ye fie mu nyinara na ye de osompa ne ye de ntontrom de ba erade anim a eye duham eho no ne rade ba be hia yen na erade edijuma ewo ya can you say amen amen so true worship is a demand god deserves it when you give true worship, you cause God's presence to come into your life. Number three, true worship is reserved solely, solely. Everybody says solely for God. Verse 37, never use this formula to make this incense for yourselves. It is reserved for the Lord. The word there is that it is reserved for the Lord. And you must treat it as holy. The next thing is that if this true worship is diverted, you know we are used to diversion of funds. In our system, in Africa, money is dedicated for something, will be diverted for other things. And it, 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 we, we call that corruption. So in the same realm, if the worship that God deserves, you give it to something else. If you read it from the text there, it incurs God's displeasure and judgment. In those days, in verse 38, anyone who makes incense like this for personal use will be cut off from the community in those days. So God, what I want you to know is that, brothers and sisters, the Lord, God is a very jealous God. And per the relationship that he shares with us, just like you and I, who fall in love with somebody and you find that somebody else is, is drawing attention to you, the one you love, the way you feel in your system, God feels more than that. And so when you, you turn your worship onto other things, and I know there are some of us who love our cars, some of us love our buildings. Some of us love our businesses. Some of us our whole heart. And even today, God forbid, today, if that which your heart is in is taken away from you, you may find yourself in your grave. It's a sign that your heart is in what God has given and not in the one who gave it to you. And the idea was who and they said, when the news came to him that he lost his children and lost his property, I believe the first thing Job did was to worship God. And he acknowledged the fact that it was God who gave to him. And it's God who took it away. So what else could he do? He will worship the God 
who gave to him. My prayer for you, brothers and sisters, is that we will seek the giver and not what has been given. Amen. We are learning from the incense, the tabernacle. The last but not non-negotiable is that true worship, genuine, sweet-scented worship must be perpetual and must be continuous in your life. It should be a lifelong relationship of worship that you give to God. If you look at the Exodus 30 and verse 7, Exodus chapter 30 and verse 7, every morning when Aaron maintains the lambs, he must burn fragrant incense on the altar. And each evening when he, he lights the lambs, he must again burn incense in the Lord's presence. This must be done from generation to generation. What it means basically is that your life of worship must be continuous. It must be a lifetime discipline. It must be a lifetime habit that you know that your whole life is in worship to God. Not just just one time singing the song to him, but you are giving of your whole being to him in worship. Whatever you do in your life, whatever you say in your life, wherever you find yourself in life, it must be in honor of the God who saved your life. What we are saying to you this morning is that you must develop an attitude of worship to God. It should be an attitude that you carry with you wherever you find yourself. As a wife, have an attitude of worship. Let your ministry of being a wife bring glory to God. As a husband, let your ministry of being a husband bring honor to God. As a child, let your childhood lifestyle bring glory to God. As an employee, do your work in such a way that God is with you. And he's the reason why you are doing what you are doing. Wherever you find yourself, carry that attitude of worship. And not just on the Sunday when you come to sing and you go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, free for all. It shouldn't be like that. Who say, and put so your ear now would do to make beer wooden, Obama, 
eye osumpa no afri wo mu adadi okunzo sara we ye obanzo asara ye hu se ba bi bia ra ye nam no ye be ma ye be danso e osumpa ye de ma ye nyankopon a few reasons why your worship your life of worship is very important now the one the first reason is that you know God created you to worship him. The reason why he created you is for you to worship him. Because, you see, he took you from the ground, he molded you, and he, he breathed into you. As it is, it is his life that is inside of you. And so, you have no other thing to do but to give him all the worship that you Tomorrow, he can choose to take the life out of you, and you become nothing. You become dust. So, the one who created you, the one who sustains you, the one who keeps you alive, you sleep and you wake up in the morning, it's a miracle. There are some who wish to be here today. They are not here because they are not able to come. So he created you basically and fundamentally to offer worship with your life to him. Number two, when you worship, you have a life of worship. What you are basically doing is that you are projecting God's holiness. He's a holy God. When we say God is holy, it means that he's not the same as other people. He's not, he's different. He's unique. He stands on his own. He's second to none. He's clean. He's pure. In him, there's no shadow of darkness. In him, there's light. There's fullness of glory in him. So when you worship him and your life is, is, is of worship unto him, you are telling the whole world that you have a God who is different. You have a God who shines. Yes. You have a God who is Hallelujah. different from everybody. Yes. And you are giving your life to him in everything that you do. It is near a toss no my answer so say say yes sum eradia yeah my prabono and my eradium who no say nyame a crum crum away nim nyame or no no boy or na din yeah yeah nitty ain't you know I was say ye dear munina ye may we are see a huye say yes nyame sum bo my nam swa my brabona dan so amafro true Sweet-centered worship is very critical, important in our life because somebody said it's the proper, it's the most proper and best response that anybody can give to God. It's the best. Everybody say best. best. It means that it's the very, 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 very best. It's not the second hand. It's the very best response that you can give to God. I always say that salvation that we receive, we can't pay with money. We can't buy with money. You put all your money together, it can't pay for it. The only thing you can do is to give yourself to him. That type of worship also asserts, asserts and affirms your smallness. Before a big God. Because God is big. His spirit, we can't see him. But he's everywhere. He's big. You are just but a dot. You are just, and I am just but a dot. So when you give him that worship with your life, you are just affirming the fact that I am small and he is great. That's what it means. Now, <laughs> 
nyame no hwe wiase nyina so na memia megina hei se na me yewo nanim na emum no se me de ye osompa ekko ye nyankopon nanim wo de osompa ko ye nyankopon nanim a eno be ma urade ahuyen se ampa ye ti ono urade tumu se ono na obo ye last but not the least importance of true worship is that it places focus on god as first priority everybody say first priority is the first priority on your list of priorities. You know, <laughs> we, we say that when we receive our paycheck, the first priority should be our tithe. Anamibwa, you calculate and you put your tithe there. You do your list, your listings. So God should be number one on your list. So when you worship him sincerely and you offer him that well-fragmented fragrance, the worship, you are telling him that he's the number one in your life. Number one. Everybody say number one. Say it again. Number, Number one. one. Let's carry that attitude towards him that he's so, 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 so important in our life that we can't do without him. That's what we should do. Amen. Ansana or how no money idea this kind of bayano yaba jin no crown. It is dana dano. Yen my adjain, yen ye nyinara, and who said nyame, where bra boominano, yabe mobi di kaiwo. As we bring this short message to a close, the question that I want to answer what produces such aromatic worship to God? What produces it? Through which means do we produce that worship to him? I have a few suggestions that I want to give to you. Number one, I'm saying that. It is your personal life that will produce that worship to you. Your personal life. One's personal life. Christianity, yeah, we have the corporate worship like we have gathered here today. Beautiful dress, look, looking to God. But beyond that, your walk with God is a personal sin. It's a personal sin. One-on-one relationship with him. That's why we say Christianity is a relationship and it's not a religion. So you have to develop your relationship with your God, your personal God. He is my Lord and my Savior. So it's a personal thing. So for you to be able to reach out and give God a sweet-centered worship, your personal life must be in his hands. I be pejano, I want a cassia and a tumimuno, a uncrankle abrabo. I was so much a yamano ye, wouldn't non tell a dear, internet, no now by her soon, I want ma, a awesome pa, a few muno, a timmy eddy aco. You know, when we say personal life, we are not just saying it by words, by word of mouth, but when we say personal life, it involves a lot. It involves a lot because your conduct must bring glory to Him. Whatever you say, how you say it must bring glory to Him. Whatever business you are involved in, he should be the center of it. And you must ask yourself, the business that I'm getting involved in, will it be something that will bring praise to him or bring dishonor to him? Uh, it involves your private life. What you do when nobody is there. Ask yourself the question, what I'm doing there behind the scenes, is it pleasing to God? So when we say your personal life, is personal life in total. In total. In total. Everything about your life must point towards bringing glory to God. It is a day I can want someone to say, You can say one crown cray a brabois. A brabona bell our radia numino. I was out to me who said, Would you my dear be beer awiano? Who said a radi, our hawk and on where radino? Oh, ain't in any away and obey near a day at Dufram, and as I did or some papa or no radina num. And no idea was here, nay to me, I'm my brabona iron near Besso, 
So our familiar verse there, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Listen carefully, Romans 12 and 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And he says, this is truly the way to worship him. That's good English. Give everything to him. Those days, they slaughtered the, the, the animals and shared the blood. These days, we are in the days of grace. And God is not interested in animals. Animal sacrifice is interested in your life. You are alive, but your life is sacrificially dedicated to him. He says, this is truly the way you must worship God. So when we talk about singing choruses to him, it's just a little segment of our worship to God. Worship to God involves the totality of your life. Private and public. Everything about your life. And the Roman form, Yes. Yes. Number two, what produces a fragrant worship to God? Your personal life, number two, your blended life. Let's all say that. Blended life. Blended. Those of you who use blender in your home, if you want to prepare light soup, you mix, uh, you put uh, uh, tomato, you put onion, you put what, what, and you, and you blend it. What you put in, in terms of the blending, will determine the tastes of the soup. Miboa. Yes. Last time I told you we were going to uh, Ejura, and we went to Lindado. We went to one corner there, and they gave us fufu. When I ate that, I went, my stomach was just running, right? It was very cheap. And we said, hmm, this soup is, is not like it used to be. When we were coming back, we went to another spot. We paid a little bit more, and the soup they gave us, wow. So what you put in determines what comes out in terms of the taste and the goodness of the soup. When we say your blended life must give sweet-scented worship to God, what it means is that you must blend your life, everything about your life, you must put everything together sacrificially, and then you are able to produce that sweet-scented worship to God. Some of us have given only the bedroom of our lives to him. Some of us have just given maybe the, the, the corridor of our lives. In fact, you we don't do it that way. If you want God to smell the sweet-scented worship from you, you must put everything in your life together, as if in a blender. Blend it, blend it, blend it, and offer to him. That's Amen. what it means. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Says whatever you do, let me read again. Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all. To the glory of God. That's my personal motto in life. Whatever you do, focus it on God. If it will please God, do it with all your energy because you are offering that sweet-scented 
worship to him. My prayer for you is that you will blend your life and offer it to him in worship. Number two, sweet-centered worship to God comes from a pure and a holy life. If you look at the text we read, it says we should keep all the mixtures as pure as, it says add salt to keep it sacred and holy. So holiness and, and purity is key to reaching out to God with our worship. If you read Psalm 24, he answers the question, who may ascend to the hill of God? And he adds so many to the one whose, whose hand is not stained with blood, the one who has not said things falsely and all that. We are talking about a pure and a holy life for effective and genuine, sweet-centered worship to God. So what it means is that when your life is dented, then there is a blockage. When your life is dented, then there is a hindrance. But we don't want to have that hindrance. We must at all costs keep our lives pure and holy as we offer. Because it's unto a holy God. I am holy. Therefore, you also must be holy. Number three, number three, a consecrated life. Basically, your life must be dedicated to him. Then number four or five, your humble life. You know, pride is something that God hates terribly. If you go and ask Satan, he will tell you. Satan wanted to be God, and God decided to throw him out of heaven and brought him here. That's the reason why we are all suffering with demons and all those things, because of Satan's pride. James 4 and verse 10, humility, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Humble yourself. Humility is a choice. Humility is not stupidity. Humility is not fakeness. Humility is, is just... One, understanding the grace of God, what God's grace means to him or her, and submit himself to the grace of God. Humility says that I can't go beyond what grace can do in my life. Humility says that I recognize my God, and he's the one who has made me what I am, so I'll keep myself. It is not about how machoistic, it's not about how handsome or beautiful or how rich I am. It is by God's grace. So it is a personal choice that one has to make when you understand the depth of grace. And when you are like that, he says he will lift you up in honor. If you are humble, you can go places. And one of the key things that touches God's heart is a humble spirit, a contrite and a broken spirit. When you do that, you can't lose out from God's presence. I pray that grace will locate you. And your life will be a life of worship, fragrant fragrant worship, sweet-scented worship to him. Amen. Number 
This is the message that God wants me to bring to you this morning. Even giving offering, and we mentioned the other time, you know, sometimes you have clean notes, you take the dirty ones. You want to give to God, you give him the coins, and you spend the fatty ones on yourself. Even look at how we do engagement, how we parcel the items for engagement. We parcel and wrap, and we wrap, and we put the dollars in, and we envelope them in golden envelopes because we are going for a wife. How about coming to your God? How about coming to your God? When we talk about your best response, what you must give to God should be the best. So when you are coming, for example, don't squeeze the notes. Squeezing means I don't want it. In our office, we squeeze and we throw away. Fold it gently and bring it to him because you are giving to the one who brought it to you. May the Lord bless you and strengthen Amen. you to be worshipful. Amen. Na ye ba radia nim sesika ne ade ba beto no ama radia ne amuamu an sika no a ye fa ne ye fe no ene asa amuamu an na wo ba na de abetum na de ama radia ye nfe ne ye se ne asofo ka no pesika ye fe siesie ne ye na wo ba wonim se we wo de bre radia e radia da no we radia e fe ye mfa ne ma ye fe ne ye mfa mre radia radia nkan ye ho enene da amen